Jill Wise is a brand strategist, copywriter, business advisor, and fellow wine lover who believes everyone should wake up every day doing what they love. In this episode, we chat about mindset shifts and practices for high-level entrepreneurs, internal business strategies that helped her go from freelancer to business owner, and productivity hacks to focus on scaling your business. We also chat about why and how Jill will retire her husband, a topic I love to chat about, and how she manifested her dream home another topic I love to chat about. This interview is probably one of my favorites to date, and I think it will be yours too. Let's get into the episode. You're listening to Behind the Design Podcast, your digital version of co-working that takes you behind the scenes on how to create an authentic brand, build an intentional business, and live a life with purpose every single day. I'm your host and brand guru, Olivia Silvestro, here to equip you with the tools to wake up every day doing what you love and make money doing it. I'm so excited you're here. Let's get to it. Hi, Jill. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. So before we get into all things productivity, brand strategy, business stuff. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you, your business, and pretty much how you got to where you are now. Okay, well, the story of how I got here is pretty <laughs> long, but the spark notes is I started off writing for $25 gigs, and now I've built an actual business. This is my full-time career. I've got the 10K months, all of those sort of things, and my big goals are to keep scaling, grow and eventually be able to retire my husband one day so yeah I love that yeah we were just chatting about that before prior to the recording and I was like stop let's talk about this on the on the podcast so yeah go into that a little bit what do you want to do what does it mean to retire your husband So just to have him be able to do whatever he wants to I feel like everybody should be able to live the life that they want and the internet honestly makes that possible and I'm building my dream life and he's part of it. And uh, he has a great job right now. Like there's nothing, nothing wrong with that, but it would be so cool if both of us could just do everything that we love every single day. Yeah, I know. I love that. I always, I'm completely agree with you. Like that it's so possible to have the life that you love and wake up every morning and do something that you love. So Whenever I see people not doing that, I'm like, okay, what is the action plan? How can we make this happen for you? Because it's so possible, like you said, with the internet. Um, So I actually was reading on your website. So you never had a corporate job. No, I've never had a real job. The only other jobs that I've had, well, I've I've never lasted at a real job. We can say that. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not very employable is what I like to say. I don't like following rules. I don't like people telling me what rules are. I even have a hard time playing like board games with friends because if they have to tell me the rules, if I don't already know them, like my eyes will glaze over. I just can't focus on someone telling me what to do. (laughs) It's like, it's... It's a problem, but also probably a good thing and why I fit so well into entrepreneurship. People say I'm like the true definition of an entrepreneur. Um, so I have like I've had jobs before. I worked since I was 15 serving, bartending, those sort of things all through university too. paid my way through university. But right after the idea of sitting at a desk every day that was not like in my home office or doing cool things like 
just didn't sit well with me. So I never, I never lasted more than two weeks at jobs. Like I would apply for them, get them. And I would either go in for a couple of weeks and hate it and leave or would not accept the offer at the last minute. So <laughs> I just decided to go all in with this instead and went full-time doing this just over two years ago. That's awesome. So what did that look like then? Were you just like, did you always know that you were going to be an entrepreneur and you were kind of like, okay, I want to go in corporate because I need to have a sustainable income or did you start in corporate because you're like, that's the quote unquote right thing to do? It was like, like I didn't know that I was an entrepreneur. I don't think I was thinking that far ahead. I just always knew that I've been kind of weird. Like I didn't fit into the boxes that everybody wants to put you in and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Um, but, and then I also had the whole vision that a lot of us have that we're going to become like Carrie Bradshaw living in a cool city. So, <laughs> yeah. My Carrie Bradshaw moment was moving to Montreal. So for the people that aren't from Canada, it's a French speaking city. Uh, my husband was my boyfriend at the time. He's bilingual. So he moved there first. He's a few years older than me and I moved there to be with him. And we were living there, but I couldn't actually work anywhere there because I couldn't speak French and the language police is a thing. Like you have to be able to speak French in order to work places. So I had to figure out a way to make money elsewhere. And that was freelancing. So that's what I did. And then I was also working in a kitchen part-time because they at least let me work in a kitchen, but I couldn't do anything cool. Um, <laughs> it was that's so interesting. I went to Montreal for the first time last year and we went to a Canadian's hockey game and it was so much fun. And Montreal is so cute. Yeah. Are you I still here now? No, now I'm in London, Ontario. So this is our hometown. We were both born and raised here. We decided, so we moved to Montreal and then we moved out west to Calgary. So it's near the Rocky Mountains for anyone who's not from Canada. Um, we were there for three years and then got engaged there, decided to move home, buy a house, get married, do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Montreal is super cool. We loved it there. The only problem was the language barrier. And this was before I realized that Instagram for business was a thing or before I had a website, it was like, very, very freelance, just trying to figure out what to do. And I had no idea what to do and no direction and didn't know who to ask for help. So mm-hmm. that's what, why it took so long to finally decide to go full time. Yeah, I love that. And it's so true. Like you, you have to appreciate the hustle. Like I always am reflecting on where, how far I've come and where I started because you see all these people, you know, having 10, 20, 30, 50K months and have all these followers on Instagram and are launching courses and memberships and have all of these things. And you're like, I want that. And I was totally guilty of that when I first started my business. But you're looking at someone's, you know, 10, five years down the road versus where you're starting now. And you have to put in the work when it's when it's has to happen. And you can't just like, you're not just going to like show up and be like, I'm an entrepreneur now. So (laughs) I'm excited to dive deeper into what you've learned over the years from going from freelance to where you are now. So how long have you been in business then? So I officially started in 2014, like sent my first invoice in 2014, but like I had to Google how to send an invoice. I didn't know (laughs) what it looked like. Um, (laughs) I got the gig. They paid me $25 um, and I didn't know how to send an invoice. So from there, though, that 
kind of grew. Um, so I got some cool freelance gigs. Again, they were all very poorly paid, but I didn't know there was anything else. Um, and it just kind of grew up from there. Like one thing that was better than the next thing, better than the next thing. But it all really changed when I realized that you shouldn't look at yourself as a freelancer. You should actually look at yourself as a business. Mm-hmm. And mindset shift was huge. Um, it's also, this is kind of a tangent, but it's really cool. So we bought a house last year and we've been renovating it, making it our own. So my office is finally getting closer to like what I want it to be like. And me, I was like literally just laying on the ground in my office on my yoga mat, listening to music, doing nothing, just laying there. My husband walked in and he's like, he's like, this is pretty cool. And he like sits down in my big armchair that's beside my desk here just watching me and he's like I can't believe how far you've come and we just sat here thinking about it like from that from that moment to now like people my packages start at six thousand dollars like that's a huge difference from twenty five dollars so yeah that's amazing like that gives me the chills because I you know starting yeah again like going back to the hustle and like starting from where you are it's like you don't know why you don't, my journey was very similar to you. Like I didn't know I was an entrepreneur. I just kind of like started. And then same thing. Now I'm, you know, running a business. I went from freelance to business. And at the time you're kind of like, okay, I just know I'm meant to do this. I know I want to do this, but I'm just going to go all in. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And, but it's just going to happen. And I think it's so like, you think you have to have a business plan and you have to have all these things you know, all your ducks in a row. And it's just not true at all. Um, I don't know if you know, Sarah Blakely, she's the owner of Spanx. And she is all you have to follow her. If you don't, you would love her. Like I find a lot. She's amazing. So these are great. So of course, (laughs) yeah, like she just, yeah, she had started Spanx. She literally took someone when she was like, was trying to get her prototype. She took someone into the bathroom of Neiman Marcus and literally pulled down her pants to show them Spanx. And now Spanx is like, I think Del- all of the flight attendants in Delta wear Spanx now. But she is always talking about like how you just need to start, like just get started. And if you have the idea in your heart, it's there for a reason and you mm-hmm. are meant to do it. So just like, don't worry about the business plan, just allow it to happen. Um, yeah. I didn't put together a proper business plan until I was trying to go full time. And that's because I got a business advisor and I told him I'm full time now. Like I just, we moved across the country again and I just left everything that I had there and jumped in full time with like anything. (laughs) I told him my rates and he was like, okay, I think you need to put together a business plan because even though my rates were a lot higher than, I think my website started at like $900. um, And he was like, you need to put together a business plan because you're not going to be able to go full time with this. So that's, that's when I actually had to sit down and do it. But at the beginning, when you're just side hustling, trying to figure it out, experimenting, you don't need all that. You just need to try. And work with clients. Yeah. So actually, I want to backtrack just a little bit talking about your husband. Um, so it sounds like you guys have been together for a while. And I actually, last episode, I did a Q&A and someone had asked, you know, is your fiance an entrepreneur? We've been together for like eight years now. So he, so the question was, is your fiance an entrepreneur? And if not, how do you guys like balance the two? And my fiance is the same way, super supportive. We had our best month ever in business last month. And he was like the first person popping champagne. Like he's just like, has been there through like working 
out of our bedroom in our 500 square foot apartment in California to now we just bought a house too. And I have my own office and I'm renovating it and all the things. So sounds like we're on very similar paths, but um, yeah, I'm curious just like what that support looks like and you know, how that has helped you get to where you are now. Honestly, he's the best. It's a good thing that he's like two rooms away. Otherwise I'll start blushing. Um, <laughs> no, he's the best. Cause he's been around, like we met in university. So he's, mm-hmm. seen, we met when I was 20. Um, so that's almost nine years ago now. Mm-hmm. And he's seen all different stages of me being lost, me finding me, my voice, me losing my voice, me finding it again, like me shifting <laughs> so many different directions. And he's always been so supportive. There's never been a, maybe you should do something else. He's always just like, you can do this. Yeah. And he will like be there when I'm crying, telling me that it's okay. But then he's also the first one that wants to celebrate. And he constantly reminds me. Um, Mindset is a huge thing, which I'm sure that you know. And even though as our businesses grow, I've noticed that it gets even harder. Mm -hmm. And so he'll be there to tell me if like one day feels terrible. Like in January, I had a rough time one day. And he's like, Jill, like you already crushed your sales goals and we're halfway through the month. Like you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So he's super supportive. He's not entrepreneurial. Um, that is honestly a good thing. Um, I've been lucky in that everything that I've done, I've always, like, I've never had to have him like pick up the slack for me Mm -hmm. and because I've always still, like, if I wasn't making enough in my business or freelancing, then I would have, like, a serving job or that kitchen job or something like that in order because I am just so independent, too. I didn't want him to have to. Mm-hmm. It's always It was always really nice knowing in the early years that he had the stability and he was, like, our rock. And as emotional as I was, <laughs> he would be the stability all the time throughout it. So, yeah. He's yeah. To me. That's amazing. Yeah. That's how Alex is too. You know, like he, for a while, I wasn't sharing what I wanted that I had started my own business with like anyone that was really close to me. It was really just him only because I was like so nervous to creatively put myself out there. I was so like used to being put into a box. So when it was time, when I was like finally ready, I really didn't want to share it with anyone. So he was like the first person that was like there through it all. So it's, it's, and it being, I was very selective with like who I was sharing it with. And I think it's important to create those boundaries, but yeah, I agree. I do like that. He's not entrepreneurial. It like gives me my own thing. So sometimes I'm like, why don't you understand what I'm talking about? (laughs) He's like, I have no idea what you're doing, but it's fine because like, they don't need to be that for us too either. Like I've found business friends and friends in like my mastermind that, that get it on a different level. So I can talk about those things with them, but I don't know about, about your partner, but like, he's always ready to brainstorm with me too. Mm-hmm. If I'm like, okay, I have an idea. What do you think? And he will get like, we'll have, have a couple of drinks over at the kitchen table and just like come up with all of the ideas and yeah. kind of getting that outside opinion at that point too. Yeah, so. for sure. Alex, we are starting like a little side hustle sort of, and he came up with the business name. Like we were just like sitting there chatting and I'm like, this is my idea. That's what I'm thinking. And he was like, and I was like, I wanted to be like motivated, like whatever. And he came up with the name. I was like, that's why I keep you around. Thank you. So yeah. awesome. <laughs> okay, cool. So you've mentioned a few times mindset um, in entrepreneurship, and I am huge on that. So I'm curious just 
what in your opinion is the most important mindset shift entrepreneurs need to go to from freelance to taking their business seriously? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Okay. Go ahead. Have I, will try. I will try. So these are all speaking from experience. I don't, I wouldn't call myself like a mindset expert. It's just something that really interests me and that I've like lived through. So um, from personal experience, the first big one I think was not calling myself a freelancer anymore and asking other people to stop calling me a freelancer too, because then it was just like, that helped a lot with like boundaries and my own self-worth in my business, I guess, because freelancer, you get the vibe of available whenever, starving artist, maybe just like kind of winging it. $35 an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Not even that. And just like, they think that they can email you whenever and you're on call and yeah. But when you shift to business owner, um, then people respect you more, even if it's just you and all that changed was your title and what you think of yourself. So then that's when I started setting like office hours and not replying to emails at all hours of the night and not doing like last minute things for pennies and all, all of that. And then getting your friends on board with that and all of the business world on board with that and getting clients on board with that. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like that like business owner is like a barrier of boundaries it's like once you go from literally crossing that line it's like okay here is my wall of boundaries now and yeah that's that's what I expect you guys to um respect yeah mutual respect that that was a big thing it wasn't like yeah. And like letting us be able to say no to things saying no mm-hmm. is a huge one. You don't have to take on every job. Um, and that's terrifying, of course, especially if you're in the early days and you're just trying to make some money. But I found that every time I said no to something that wasn't a good fit, something twice as good came along afterwards. Um, that, and then there's also the fear, right? Like you said this too, scared of telling anyone in the beginning, I was terrified to use Instagram for, for business. Mm-hmm. And, and I started pre 2016 algorithm shift. Like where would my Instagram page have been if I just got over that fear earlier? I know. Um, Seriously. Like I didn't actually start posting on there until like 2019 or something like that. Like 2018, 2019, maybe. So it, it's just when you let the fear get the best of you. So really working through those kind of blocks and figuring out what it is that you're scared of and getting over it. Yeah. Did you do any like practices or yeah, mindset practices in order to do that? Because I think the fear is what holds a lot of people back from going from, you know, 10K months to 30K months um, and really stepping into being a high level entrepreneur. Yeah. So I, in the early days, not really. Like I didn't really under, I didn't know that this was, that mindset was a thing. Um, in the early days, I just kind of forced myself out of it. I'm very disciplined and driven. And so I could just kind of swallow the fear and I was like, I'm going to do it anyways. I, it was always there. It was always nagging. Um, so definitely not still like healthy, but it was just, I had to get over it. So I didn't really start discovering that mindset was such a big thing until like 2020, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize that there was all these tools that you could use and all these practices that you can do. Um, I've always written in journals. So like I would, and I did that before in the early days too, but not as much. So when I knew that I wanted to go full time, 
like a year or so before I wanted to go full time, I started journaling a lot, writing down my thoughts, but I didn't know that I was doing a practice. I just thought mm-hmm. that I had to do this in order to get all of the craziness in my brain out. So yeah, I put like words to it. But I would say like through 2020, especially with us being in lockdown and all of that sort of thing, I really paid attention to like what these things are and reframing them. And just this past week, still discovered through this practice how many limiting beliefs I had around myself. And I'm so excited to see where working through those goes next. So yeah, for sure. And you know, fear for everyone listening, fear is something that is always going to be there. It's always going to be like when you get that first 10k month, and you're like, do I deserve this? It's all going to go away. It's not going to happen again. Um, Then you hit your 30k month. And you're like, Oh, my God, I definitely don't deserve this. All my clients are going to disappear. So you know, you're always getting to that level, um, or whenever you're hitting that next level, you're hitting a next level fear. And what something that I do is same thing, like journal about it and think like, okay, why do I have this fear? Because there's a backstory to it. And it's, it came from a past experience. It came from something that you're telling in your head. And once you can identify why you can rewrite that story. So what is it? What is the fear that's coming? Like what's the base basis of that fear? What's the story you're telling yourself and then giving yourself permission to rewrite that story. Cause there really is like a threshold in your mindset, in your emotions and just the way you go about things when you're ready to step into, you know, really high level entrepreneurship. And like, I literally felt it going into 2021. I was like, this is my effing year. Like I am not no more self-sabotaging, no more holding myself back, like no more limiting beliefs. Like this is my year. And whenever I see myself like kind of like sliding down, like, Oh, I don't really want to do this. Like, who am I to think that I can have this type of year? You know, why are these my goals? It's like, no, this is my year. This is what I'm doing to make it happen. And every single day I'm doing something small. So it's really just like taking yourself seriously again from freelancer or uh, just a coach. Like we have a lot of health coaches that listen to the podcast, um, but a lot of freelancers as well. So really taking yourself seriously um, and stepping into your true self, your high level entrepreneurship self, and then like releasing and shedding all of those fears is huge. Yeah, like the fear, I think <laughs> the fear never goes away. It, it gets worse. And I think it's just because the stakes are higher. Mm-hmm. Like in the beginning, it didn't matter if I had a terrible month because they're like our apartment. We had a, we had two roommates and we lived like just had one bedroom and our rent was like $450 a month. So like so yeah. well, right? but like, now there's like a house renovations vehicles like there's so many things on the line your business reputation like there's so much so yeah the fear never goes away you just learn how to manage it i think and um i like your idea of like re like i think that's reframing it right like you say limiting belief and then writing it out so i actually like write out that and there's a few like different lines that i have that i'll write multiple times until my brain realizes that day like this is going to be that it's not going to be the the garbage that I'm telling myself instead so yeah yeah exactly and just to get a little more woo on this side is like what you think is your energetic vibration that you put out in the universe so I was just talking to in my masterminds with um 
it's high level uh, designers. So they are getting, they've already done six figures and they're moving into like multi six figures, adding a team, things like that. So they're crossing that threshold. And they were talking about, you know, taking um, limiting beliefs and things like that and telling yourself like, oh, I need to take this client because if I don't, blah, blah, blah. And what you think is, again, like an energetic vibration that you put out into the universe. So if you are constantly, I'm overwhelmed, I don't deserve this. Um, I have to take this client because I don't know what else I, I don't know when I'm going to get another client. The, your, your energy is telling the universe that you're not prepared to take on what you're wanting. So switching that mindset from, I'm so ready for this. This is my year. I have all the processes, systems, all that in place to, you know, have my best year yet. That vibration allows the universe and tells the universe that like, okay, I, I can give this to Olivia. She's ready for it. <laughs> agreed. Totally agreed. All of this stuff is real. It seems like it's not real at first when you first like kind of dip your toes into it. If anyone's just like new to the woo woo, but like yeah. it really works. It really happens. Um, I talk about our house a lot is one of the things that I'm, I swear I manifested it because we're in our favorite neighborhood that both of us really wanted to be in because we were born and raised in this city. But we always thought that we wouldn't be able to get our first home in this neighborhood because it's, it's kind of expensive. Um, and we thought we'd get a smaller home in a different neighborhood and then move here eventually. But I always said, I want a red or yellow brick house in this spot. And when we were looking for a house, we had some duds come up. We couldn't buy the house at first because of like some like rules around being on contract and being self-employed and all that. So we had to wait a few more months than we wanted. But then when we started looking again, we hardly looked at any houses and this was it. And it was amazing. And it all just kind of came together. And I was like, holy shit, am I allowed to swear on the podcast? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> holy shit. Like we have the yellow brick house that I wanted in the exact spot that I wanted. And like, it has this addition that is perfect for my office. I was like, the windows are great. Like it just, everything aligned, like things happen. And I wrote that down in my journal years ago. Yeah. What I wanted. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I just got the chills. That's so cool. I, we definitely manifested our house too. So we've like We've wanted chickens in a garden forever. Like we have always wanted to, like when we were living in our 500 square foot apartment in California, we're like, whenever we buy a house, we're going to have chickens. We would watch chicken documentaries, like look up YouTube videos on how to um, care for chickens. Like, and we looked at this house and they, there was a chicken coop. So there was like already a chicken coop there and a huge garden. The people before us were biologists and they have this like huge garden. Oh my gosh. When, I know, isn't that crazy? And when we initially were looking at the house, so we looked at the, this house and we were like, we looked at like 20 houses and we walked into this house and we were like, this is our house. Like we're getting this house. But we were in like a super crazy part of our life where like we left our like old rental property because our landlord was crazy. So we were just like in limbo. Everything was crazy and we didn't get the house. And then a month later when we were more stable, the house went back on the market and we got it. That is crazy. Yeah. Like if that's not a, like if that's not manifestation and like the universe working with you, then like, I don't know what else is. Okay. So then we can go one step deeper. So our, our last name is wise. Okay. And wise, like the, the family like mascot is obviously the owl. Yeah. There's two owls. 
on the property, like not like not sorry, statues, owl, owl oh, statues. Like, that live there? <laughs> no, sorry, I'm like that would be really cool, but no, there was an there's an owl statue like on the back like deck area, and then there's another one like out by the back shed, and it was just really cool. Like, oh my gosh, are. that is so cool. Like, that is not a coincidence. That is like yeah. actually you were meant to live here. It's cool. It's so cool. All this That's stuff really works. Cool. Oh, kind of jealous. Do you have the chickens now? Like, no, we're getting them end of the end of March. I love it. I was just asking my husband a few weeks ago if we could get chickens and he's not sure about the rules because we're in the middle of the city. Oh. Um, but it would be so nice to have I some- want chickens so bad. Like I'm so excited. I already started like making just because I am who I am. I started making like labels for when we have um, eggs and we give them to our friends and family. I already started like designing labels and like egg cartons and things like that. I'm so excited. I love it. I'm going to have to ask you for some labels for when I make my wine because I'm going to start making wine over the, either this weekend or next weekend. I got to go pick up a couple more tools. I have like most of the pieces. Oh my gosh. I told, I would, that's like a dream of mine is to design wine. I love wine. So I would love to make, help so, make I'll work on the first batch to see if it actually tastes <laughs> good and then, and then we'll talk about labels. Okay. Sounds good. Um, love that. Okay. Just went on a tangent with Wu. So if you're listening still, manifestation is a real thing your mindset shifts are important to stepping over that threshold and really taking yourself seriously so I want to talk about too um because I know you talk about this a lot is productivity and structure in your business so I think it's really easy as entrepreneurs I actually just did an Instagram story about this yesterday it's really easy to get distracted and want to do all of the things and see like the new shiny like objects out there you know you want to have a course a membership a services a big team like all the things so as far as like structuring your day and being productive and knowing what to focus on I would love to just know like what your day-to-day looks like and um just got a phone call (laughs) I'd love to know like what your day-to-day looks like and how you structure scaling your business Okay, so I think your daily productivity has to start with figuring out what it is that you want. Like, what is your vision? Because if you don't know what it is that you want, then you're going to get that squirrel brain and that shiny object syndrome, and you're going to go everywhere. Um, But when you are super focused on what that end game is, and we can get a little bit woo again with like visualization, but like actually visualizing what you want your life to look like in five years and 10 years, then it's a whole lot easier to wake up and follow your routine. So Mm -hmm. uh, my day-to-day starts at 5 a.m. My alarm goes off. I recently, this year, this is a huge shift that really helped me as well with like mindset stuff and like focus, but my, I have an actual alarm clock. It is the alarm clock that I used I when I was a child. <laughs> like I love that. I went to my parents' house. Like they, they sold their house. So then I had like dug up all of my stuff that was there. And my old alarm clock was in there. And I don't even know where you buy an alarm clock these days. So I was like, this one still works. I'm going to use this one. So it's like a 20-year-old alarm clock. Oh my uh, gosh. I always used to listen to an alarm, have an alarm clock go off in high school and listen to the radio every morning. Yeah. So the radio goes off at 5 a.m. I can't like actually listen to it because my husband doesn't wake up until like seven or so. So I turn it off really quickly, jump out of bed. Uh, Me and the dog get up. We make coffee. I let him outside. We chill, honestly, for like an hour. So I'll do like there's not like a strict structure here. Like some mornings I might do yoga. Some mornings I'm trying to start meditating. It's something that's harder for me if I'm not like moving through yoga. Um, 
the sitting still part is really hard for me, but I'll read, I will write. I'm always reading business books or mindset books or like personal development books, that sort of thing. I have a hard time reading fiction right now. I think it's just because I'm so hyper-focused on growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that hour is pretty flexible, but it's just whatever I want to do without plugging in yet. So I'll try to not check my emails or anything like that. I hop on Instagram because people really seem to like my 5am morning. So I'll like do a quick story. Mm-hmm. In there. Um, and then I start work from 6am. And I do three or four hours sometimes usually just three though, of focused work. So no distractions, no emails, I'm just getting stuff done. And depending on the day of the week, it'll depend on like what that work is. So on Mondays, it's always going to be on the business. So like creating content, um, usually just creating content or like brainstorming, that kind of stuff. But like Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, those are all client days that I'm going to be doing focused work, actually creating stuff for them. And I get so much done in that three hours. It's crazy. Yeah. I know. I tell people that, have to like- yeah, I tell people that I don't look at my email right when I wake up and they're like, oh my God, how do you do it? But it's the same thing, the focused work. And two, when you wake right up, and you don't look at Instagram, you don't look at your emails, you don't like look at any distractions, your brain is like in that like creative mode, because there's no like programming, or you're not like looking through other people's stuff. And you're able to just create and do what you need to do. Like you could probably finish a day in four hours if you just wake up work and then answer. Yeah, Yeah, it's like crushing through the stuff before people actually want something from you. Yeah. And it's like when there's somebody, okay, someone emails you and then that email, well, then you see all these updates or promos and you start clicking over there and then you go down this rabbit hole of the internet and suddenly you're Googling something that you didn't even know that you wanted to Google and nothing gets done. Mm-hmm. So instead, just eliminate all of those for, for yourself. Um, something else that I've been doing is leaving my phone not near me too. So like I'll put on my, my Google music on, on my app. Uh, what are those called? Google Homes. I'll put on my music and like leave my phone away from me. So after I've done my morning Instagram story, I'll leave it away and I'll actually get stuff done. And, and there's no notifications. There's no one asking stuff from you and you can get so much done in that time. It's shocking. Yeah. Get done with it. Um, yeah. I love I'll, that. So I love the blocking of days as well, like inverse on business. I do this too. And I'm always telling people to do it. Like if you're constantly in your business, so doing client work, coaching, um, you know, designing logos, whatever that is, you're never working towards scaling and growing your business. Yeah. Mondays are usually almost entirely dedicated to on the business. Um, of course that changes when there's busy seasons and you just have to get stuff done, but yeah, usually they're all on the business. Sometimes I'll take a couple sales calls in the afternoon, maybe, but I don't always offer those options. It just kind of depends if, cause I usually only take client calls on Wednesday and Thursday afternoons between noon and four. So mm-hmm. if those days are full, then I'll open up the Monday option. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So what time do you usually end your day then? So this is something that I'm still working on. Uh, ideally, if I get all of the stuff done, the goal is to end between two and 3 PM because I will start at six, work till like nine or 10 workout, have breakfast and then go back to work for a few hours. Um, but right now, because there's so many things that I'm working on behind the scenes on growing, I usually end around 4:30 to 5:30. I try to end when my husband does. And 
still end up doing like one late night. So I usually make Thursday nights my late night where I'm just really inspired. It feels like it's the weekend already and I have all of these ideas coming out. So I'll work on behind the scenes things that I'm building. So like new templates for the shop or new lessons for my courses or um, new content that I'm excited about, that kind of thing on those nights. So there's still the grind even when you grow. Yeah. Eventually I'll get there to those two to 3 p.m. times. Yeah, I think think there's a difference too between working late on something that you want to versus something that you have to. So like I do the same thing. Like right now I'm just in a very busy season of business, of life. Like we just bought a house that needs a lot of renovation. We're getting married in August. My business is growing like crazy and it's just the grind. Like I work until 9 p.m., three days a week. Um, I'm in a mastermind. I coach a mastermind. I'm in like an Ayurveda program, like just all the things. And it's like, I'm just putting my head down. And I know that in come June, everything, like I won't have those late nights anymore, but it's just acknowledging the busy season and being like, okay, this is what needs to be done. And this is what I'm working towards. And, you know, acknowledging too, like, I work on the weekends sometimes, but it's on projects that I want to. It's like, oh, this will be fun to do versus like, oh, I have to get that client's website, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I try to do that too. It's, I don't mind working. Like I like working. Yeah. And I, I just know that it's good to have the time off and I'm sure you're the same. And I feel like it's different in the winter too, because I don't know if it's, if it's freezing cold where you are or is it is yeah. There's not much going on. So like in the summer times, I'm a lot better at clocking out because we'll go to a patio with friends or we have a massive garden in our backyard. So I spend a ton of time pulling up weeds and just hanging out in the garden. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So it's just, I feel that too. Like right now, especially like COVID it's actually not that bad um, in New Hampshire where I am. Um, Like things are open and like we can like go out to dinner and stuff. Like we're going out to dinner tonight, but um, yeah, just like the winter, like I don't want to like, go outside like I go on a walk with my dog but for like maybe 15 minutes because it's freezing and then it's so cold and then Alex has hockey on all the time so I'm like okay well I like don't want to watch hockey so I'll just work and I like it anyway so it's fine and I think too like I'm the same way I'm like okay it's gonna be summer we're gonna have our chickens and have my garden so I'll just work now and then in the summer be able to enjoy it yeah I like it yeah so Yeah. So as far as scaling your business and just internal business stuff, what does that look like for you? Like, do you have any specific systems or processes that you have in place in order for you to get all of the things done? Get all the things done or choose what things to get done? Choose what things to get done. Okay. So um, that where that's where it goes back to actually knowing what your vision is, what you want to have. Um, and then I like to work backwards. So if I want this in 10 years, what do I need to do at year five? What do I need to do in year four? And what do I need to do this year to get there? Um, And then also looking at how you work and what you enjoy and all of those sort of things. So like, I don't think a membership would be a good idea for me. I just know Mm -hmm. that. I don't know if a full agency would be a good idea for me. I know that support staff is good for me and like, um, complimentary services, but like some other people might want to have, like if you wanted to have a team of designers under you. So there's just different types of things that you have to have some self-reflection and know this is going to work for me or it's not going to work for me Mm -hmm. uh, reasonably. And then also what I like to do is I have this 
like brain dump document where I write down every idea that I have as it comes up and it doesn't get to go on my calendar until it's sat there for a while so that I can actually check if it's a good idea in like a month or so. Yeah, I love that. Because some people will just like, oh, I have this idea, I'm going to do it right now. And that's cool if you have that uh, kind of like action taking skills and I'm all about taking action, but I want to be strategic with that and intentional with that and not just run in a bunch of different directions. So I force myself to sit on the idea for a little bit and maybe ask some people what they think of it. Like if it's a new offer, do your, does your audience actually need that offer? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm huge on market research and message research and making sure that you're actually giving people what they need. So you don't just run around wasting your time trying to do all of the things because it's not going to work. Yeah. Way. Yeah. I love that. And something that I always, you know, you get a, get an idea and you're like, Oh my God, I want to do this. I don't know. Do you know human design? I, it's on my list to like look into this stuff more. You know so what you are? No. Okay. I feel like you're a manifester because that's what I am. Like in the beginning when you're like, I literally can't listen to rules and just don't, that's me to a T. So I'm <laughs> look it up when we get off the phone and tell me what you are because I'm so yeah. curious. It's literally on my to-do list for like, was already there. I was waiting. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So in human design oh shoot I forget where I was going with that uh you asked what we are because we were talking about like having the ideas and picking the strategic ideas so I'm a manifester and like I just get ideas and am super impulsive and have to like work do them immediately but then I start working on it and then a week later I'm like this is so stupid why did I focus my energy on that so a question that I always ask myself is does this support the life and business that I'm creating? So it's like, you have that 10 year goal. So what does that 10 year goal look like? And then say all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I I think a membership is a good idea just because like everyone's doing it, but does that support the life and business I'm creating? Like, do I want to have a membership? Like, no, I don't, I don't want to have a membership. Like I'm not good at joining memberships. So why would I make one for other people? So asking yourself that question, like, does this align and support what I'm actually working towards? Yeah, exactly. Just being really intentional about it. And like it requires so much personal reflection and like self-understanding. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were had to pick one thing, maybe two, you could pick two, maybe if you can't um, (laughs) narrow it down. So if you were to pick one thing that really helps you to, scale from freelancer to business owner and allows you to continue to scale. If you were to pick one thing, whether it's an actual process, a mindset shift and a platform that helped you get there, what would you say it is? Oh my gosh, just one thing. You can pick two if you need to. (laughs) Can we break all the rules? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So the thing that helped me, I think a lot when I was first going full time, and trying to get through like, you know, that awkward, like three to four K month kind of like hover that you're like, I don't know what I need to be doing differently. Mm-hmm. So what helped me get through that up until like the eight K kind of month spot was actually setting up systems and processes and packages and not just taking on everything and everything and quoting everything as if it's new, because in the work that we do, it's not, it's not always new. It's usually not new. It's usually some sort of uh, trend in there. So when I actually looked at everything that I was doing and how am I going to set up this proper package? How am I going to set rates properly? How am I going to apply this to my calendar properly? That helped so much. Uh, the tool that I used for that was Dubsado. Mm-hmm. But then on the other side of it, you also need to get people into your, into your processes. You need to get people like into your, 
into your world. So I started taking myself seriously as a business owner. And this is so shameful, the person that does website copy and <laughs> helps other people grow their businesses. But I was, I didn't like have a website. Like I had a website, <laughs> but it was a blog. My website was a blog basically. Yeah. And it like wasn't, there was no like proper marketing. I was on Instagram, but I was getting clients from Instagram and I was getting them through referral and all of these different things, but I didn't even set up a proper website for myself. So at the same time as that, I actually set up a service website and turned it into a lead generation tool for myself. So that was like the beginning of my pipeline. Yeah. And, and that combined with the systems all set up, like that led to those first 10K months. Yeah. You know, I, this is what I preach all the time. So for everyone listening that has heard me say, you need a website and you need to set up the systems and processes. I am not the only one because no. I say that all the time. That's a hundred percent why I am able to have the agency that we have now because our website is on point. It has all of the things we send people there from the podcast, from Pinterest, from Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, all the places and they can see our work and all that stuff. And then once they get into our clientele, um, they see how amazing our systems and processes are set up. So yeah, yeah that's huge. Yeah. It's like the whole client experience of it too. Like it helps you know that, it, I don't know, it gives you like this, I'm legit. Like I actually know what I'm doing if you have a process. So yeah, definitely. Okay. This has been so awesome. So before we finish. Um, I just want to ask you a few questions. So you mentioned that you read a lot of books. Do you have any books that you would recommend for us to listen to or read? Sorry. Okay. I have so many. I am a huge book nerd. Um, I have like lists all the time. So if people go to my Instagram page, I actually have like a book highlight where I share every book that I'm reading right now. I'm reading Gabby Bernstein judgment detox, but on my list, I have predictably irrational so it's about like how people make decisions and stuff I'm such a nerd um one that I guess changed the game for me that's not just like marketing or I read a lot about psychology and sales psychology and why people make decisions because again nerd um (laughs) is outliers by Malcolm Gladwell and it's because it like you can have all the skill and all the talent but you also need the opportunity in order to get to that next spot. So you need to find those opportunities for yourself. And that's like why I joined my mastermind. Um, because like that was the piece that I felt like was missing from my business. And I'll, I'll give you the examples that they give in there. Like there's Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and they're talented. Um, but they were also in the right place at the right time when everything was happening with the internet and computers and all that sort of thing. And then there's also the example of like, that he gives up hockey players. The best hockey players are born in the first three months after that year cutoff of like what year they're going to be in because when they're four and five, they're so much bigger than the other ones. So they have better opportunities presented to them. So it's crazy. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, so when I was like, okay, I have everything in place. Like, why isn't it like growing as fast as I want it to? I realized what I needed was to find those, those opportunities, that visibility too. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a common misconception. It's like, okay, I'm on Instagram. I have a website. So everyone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's just not how it works. Um, You know, it's 
you have to put in the work, like what we've been saying, like grinding, hustling, like there's a time and place for it. And you have to be willing to put in the work in order to achieve the results that you want. Yeah, totally. I have a whole other list of books, though, if anyone wants to talk about books with me. (laughs) Yeah. So how can we find you and work with you and tell us about all things Jill? All things Jill. So I am words by Jill everywhere. Um, I hang out on Instagram the most, but I finally started using TikTok for business. So if anyone wants to hang out with me on TikTok, that's cool, too. I was not convinced... I saved my username when every like at the beginning of TikTok and I was like, I don't want to use another platform though. But like this week started posting. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I can do it. Um, so yeah, words by Jill everywhere, words by Jill.com. Um, some ways that people work with me are through their brand strategy and their website copy and their like organic marketing. So like their business growth. Um, it's a very collaborative process. So done for you with the words, but also done with you in like how to grow your business and how to actually set it up. I do a lot of coaching around that. Um, But I have a free mini course for people to get started. That's the sales copy crash course. It's four days dripped over whenever they do that. And it, they can find it in the template shop on my website. Um, It's right next to all of the other templates in there so that they can find it easily. Awesome. This has been so, so good. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah, of course. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye.